welcome back to Unsolved South. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm Maddie. And we are on episode three. Yes, uh, Halloween is almost here. Yes, of our spooky boo stories. Spooky boo. And, um, listen, I was listening to some of our stories, and I gotta get better at segues. I suck at it. Have you noticed? It might be how you're uh, cutting it. Okay, so I do be cutting stuff, but it's because you say, and so. I do say and so. And I cut out like 95% of your and so's. So the ones that are left are the ones that like you needed some sort of something there. Um, One of our listeners actually said that you need a t-shirt that said and so. I do. I need to make a t-shirt. It's my catchphrase. Yeah. And, and so, I cannot help it, but I do need to get better because I feel like I'll be like, uh, and they were never heard from again. Anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and so, what did you do this week? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on it. I don't know if I can't stop doing the and so's, though. I usually just cut them out. It's annoying because, like, um, like when you watch, like, I don't watch The Bachelor, but I watch The Bachelor in Paradise for no mm-hmm. reason. And somebody on there will always be like, like a lot. And yeah. they'll go like, like, you know, like, how, like, when you do this, like, and then, you know, like, somebody will, like, do that, like. And so, I always tell Billy, I'm like, I swear, I'm not, I'm going to start doing a drinking game. Yeah. And every time they say like, I'm going to take a sip. Like, not a shot because yeah, I feel like that's alcohol poisoning waiting to happen. But I'm going to take a sip of my drink. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm not. But that's what I need to do. So, then I feel like people can do that with my ansos. Yeah. But I don't know what to replace it with. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> and then, what and happened was... I do do what had happened was. I know I do that one occasionally. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to replace. And so, it feels like a good segue. And I don't have a different one. Yeah, but until you're listening to it go over and over and over. And I know, it's annoying. I've been done said that. I need a new segue thing. I need something else to say. I need a way to get, listen, that's your uh, point. I'm going to point at you, and then you bring us into the next area of topic. (laughs) And then I don't have to say, and so I just be like, (laughs) I'm going to look like a deer in headlights. Like, why are you pointing at me? I don't get it. It's a lot harder to do this. And so... It's a lot harder to do this than you think because you have to make a segue, and I'm not good at segues because I done told y'all, I'm socially awkward. I don't know how to have a conversation. (laughs) I suck at it. And so is all I have. (laughs) And so... I'm going to try to do what had happened was. Okay. Not at the beginning, though, because I feel like I need to do it at the beginning. But I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be like, what had happened on our next story was, <laughs> and segue like that. So, um, 
What had happened was, I didn't say and, what had happened was, in our last episode, we were supposed to do North Carolina, and we rambled on a lot, and we did not get to it. So, in this one, we're doing North Carolina and Florida for sure, and then we'll see how it goes if we do another one, but I'm having a really hard time with Georgia. That's the one I thought I would be able to just throw together, but I feel like everybody's going to expect, um... Lake Lanier, and I'm I'm not doing that. Why? It's so overdone. Everybody's heard Lake Lanier. We might do it one day because I I like the stories. I personally would not get myself in Lake Lanier like past my angles probably because um, at very least it's full of bodies. Even if it's not haunted, it's definitely full of bodies. So I don't want to. You know, I got this fear. I don't know if you know this. I do know this. About me. But I don't mind swimming in the lake, but I have this fear in the back of my mind. Like, when you dive down, that, like, there's a body under the water. Like, mm-hmm. legit dead. Like, not a ghost or anything. Like, a legit dead body. But, like, what if they died and they were reaching up? Yeah. And so their hand is open. And, so. and then, is that what I said? Mm-hmm. So what had happened was their hand is open, <laughs> and you kick, and then your ankle get in their hand, and they'll grab you, and then you will panic because something has you, and you don't know what it is, and so you panic, and, and then so. you breathe in the water. I didn't say and so. Yes, you did. I just said and, and then I said no. so later. No. <laughs> Whatever. What had happened was you will panic and breathe in all the water and drown. And that's my secret fear. It's not a secret. You tell us every single time we go to the lake. I didn't tell these people that might be listening. <clears throat> these people that are done with you picking on me. Those people. I didn't tell them. Those are my friends. Oh, okay. Your friends are the ones picking on me with you. <laughs> my friends are the ones not picking on me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's legit, but... Whatever, I'm done with you. Continue. I'm done with you. Okay, bye. (laughs) I'm still here. We're in North Carolina. (laughs) We're not. We're in North Carolina with this story. None of these names sounded familiar to me for a second. And I was like, what? What had happened? But I do recall this story. It's a good story. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So, Leela Davison Hansel was a school teacher from an influential family in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she married a powerful judge. They moved to Georgia. They lived many years happy and everything was good. She was not yet old when she became ill with tuberculosis, though. She and her husband moved back to Hendersonville, North Carolina, seeking a cure and a lot of people believe, like, the mountain air mm-hmm. would add a little relief. So, a lot of people would move into the mountains. I thought the air would be thinner and it would be harder to breathe, but what do I know? Yeah. In any case, it soon became clear that there was no healing to be had. Faced with her impending death, she developed a profound fear of being buried in the dark. Ooh. She told her husband, 
Don't let them bury me in the cold ground. Lay me where the sun will shine on me all day long. And then she died in 1915 at the age of 54. So she's still fairly young. Yeah. Her dear sweet husband understood the assignment. And he had a glass an coffin above ground vault commissioned. It was three foot high, made of brick, and on top was inlaid with thick squares of prism glass. Oh, neat! People began calling her the Sunshine Lady, and soon stories started to circulate that when the light was right, you could see Leela's skeleton. Some people said her vault was filled with flowers sometimes. Like, it would just be filled with flowers. Oh, wow. And, oh my gosh, that would be such a great idea. Pause right here. So, you swallow a bunch of seeds, flower seeds, <laughs> before you die. And you kind of make, like, one of those, um, what are those things that you put, like, a succulent in? Chia pet? Oh. No, it's like a like a self-contained little ecosystem. Terrarium? Yeah, a terrarium. Uh-huh. Yeah, she became her own terrarium. Maybe. She swallowed a bunch of seeds and grew flowers. Oh, my God. I want to do that. Okay. We'll work on that. Some people said that you could see a smile on her face when she was lit by the warm sun. When two trees began to grow near the grave, sometimes the branches would cast a shadow across her, and witnesses swore they could see her body move to stay in the sun. That she would, like, inch mm. away from the, from the shadow when it came across. The undertaker pish-poshed these stories. He said that she was in a coffin inside the vault. However... The top of the coffin was open. <laughs> okay. And, but he said she was draped in this heavy shroud, and that would make it impossible for you to see her. But witnesses, I mean, tons, said that you could see her, that if the sun showed just right, you could see her, you could almost see her smiles. Like I said, Is she still them. there? Well, here's what had happened was. Oh, no. In 1937, the town grew tired of the curious seekers the grave drew. They claimed that people, quote, expectorated on the glass, making it unsanitary. So, in other words, they felt like people were drooling on the glass when they were trying to get a peek in, and it was making it... Um, Gross. It was unsanitary. So, the town had the grave covered over in concrete. <gasps> what? Yep. In the 1950s, a Henderson County journalist, Frank Fitzsimmons, on his radio show said, No longer visited by the curious, the sunshine lady sleeps her lonely sleep in the darkness she feared so much. Well said, Frank. That's all you can say about that. Oh my gosh. Petition to uncover that. Rebuild it. I, I, I don't think that should be legal. Like, I mean, I to know. bury yourself in glass? 
No, for the town to destroy your. I agree. Your crypt. I agree. That like the town to just that. be like, nah, we don't like that, and so they just does. And then you gonna talk about people drooling on it? What everybody just out there drooling? Yeah. On this flight and whatever. In any case, mm, I kind of want to be like um, Sleeping Beauty. Not Sleeping Beauty, Snow White in that glass, glass one. So I think it prism glass. It said it was thick prism glass. I think that is like um, the glass bricks, like people do showers out of that you can see through but not see through. Yeah, I was imagining I see... like the door, like a like a door glass where you can't really see through it, but it's like pretty and it does all the colors and stuff. Right, and then she That's could get her son. But nobody could see her. And I thought that was a nice... I think it's nice, too. I thought that was romantic that he did that for her. I just think that's crazy. That town should be ashamed. Yeah, I agree. I hope somebody's drooling on all their graves. <laughs> Where are we at, North Carolina? Also in North Carolina, in December of 1954, in Bladenboro, North Carolina... Livestock and pets began being murdered. These killings lasted for 10 days. It began when a farmer reported a large cat-like beast attacked one of his dogs, dragging it off into the bushes. A few days later, two more dogs were found dead. The following day, two more dogs were found. All were drained of blood and had their skulls crushed. Chukacabra. Yeah, we'll see. About a week later, a young mother stepped outside one morning to see a large cat-like creature stalking towards her. She screamed and ran back towards the house. Her husband ran out with his shotgun. There was no beast, but there were giant cat-like prints in the yard. Hmm. Another farmer reported that he had lost three hogs, some cows, and a goat, all drained of blood, and he added that the goat's head was flat as a fritter. That was a quote. <laughs> Did not make that up on my own. Flat as a fritter. People all over town were hearing cat-like screeches, a baby crying, and sometimes a woman screaming, which if you've ever been in or near the woods at night, you probably know that those are accurate descriptions of noises that some animals make. Coyotes sound just like a woman screaming. Uh, fox, I believe, sounds like a baby crying sometimes. Yeah. So a lot of wild animals do make those noises. Those are very accurate descriptions. And... I guess cats make those noises, too. People that saw the animal described it as part cat, part bear. So they said it was shaped like a bear mm -hmm. and had bear ears, but a mm -hmm. cat face and cat feet because it had left paw prints. Weird. Not bear prints. I know, that's weird. Like, I tried to picture a cat's face on a bear, and I just, I have a hard time with it. I have a hard time because now I'm picturing, like, the cats, like, the human cats movie. You know what I'm talking about? 
or it was like a musical. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really creepy looking. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But like with them, but like wearing bear ears, and it's just weird to me. Yeah, I can see that. People wouldn't let their kids out alone. Hunts were organized, but other than a large bobcat, they never found anything. They may have scared it, though, because the killing stopped after they had the large hunt, for a while at least. Now, in 2007, not that long ago, that was when Zane was born, the beast popped back up in another part of the state. In Lexington, 60 goats were killed, blood drained, heads crushed. 30 miles away in Greensboro, they found more dead goats in the same condition. And in yet another town, Bolivia, a man reported his dog was killed. He brought it home and he buried it, but the next day it was gone. And then he found it in the same spot that he had found it dead the day before. Yes. Isn't that creepy? That is. A few days later, another dog was found dead. This one in worse shape than the others. It was... It showed signs of a struggle. We'll leave it at that. A total of 10 dogs were lost during this killing streak. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Hmm. It was another 10-day killing streak. So whatever it is, comes 10 days, kills, is crushes heads. Is time of year? I don't know. Because that was back in the 50s, and this was in the... Uh, right, but I'm saying like... I don't it know. It, it like just said the year. Months? It didn't say when. Tracks were found again and this time the paws were measured and they measured four and a half inches in diameter that's big hmm. that's like a huge yeah but that's more like a bear paw but it's cat prints what's the difference uh, the shape of the foot a bear has a more um human looking foot like in shape mm -hmm. and then they got that one toe that goes down it looks more like a human hand then a cat print is round. Oh, and the amount of toes they got. Yeah. So they're they're very different shaped. They're not that different. They're pretty different. Anybody that hunts can generally tell the difference. Is if you live in the mountains, if you live in the state, I feel like you would know. But the whole shape is off. I don't understand how you don't see. This is a cat uh, cat ball. Yeah. This is a bear ball. They're completely different. If it loses a toe, they're not. Okay. The shape of the toes is different. The shape of the pad is different. The spread of the toes is different. There's a lot different. Okay. Y'all look it up and see what y'all think, but I think they're extremely different. Anyway, these were cat paws. Okay. So, worth mentioning is that these dogs that were killed, they're not like little purse dogs. They're not like chihuahuas and stuff. These are big dogs. These are like... um one of them was a lab, I believe, and several of them were pit bulls. Mm. So these are not like little snack dogs. These are yeah. like full-fledged, will bite you and have a good chance of causing damage dogs. Mm -hmm. But most of the time when they found them, other than the one, they didn't have like a scratch on them, but they didn't have blood and their skulls were crushed. Like something snuck up on them and crushed their skulls and, crushed their skulls and sucked their blood out. Most of these animals, like the goats and everything, I would imagine would have had to have been taken by surprise. Like, um, 
like a billy goat might be a fighter but some of the other ones probably would have just run yeah but i don't know how it caught what was it like 30 goats or something i can't remember now how many goats it was but it was a buttload of goats i can't imagine the rest of them were just like lining up waiting for their turn and cows um you know cows can be pretty mean yeah billy's scared like i'm not scared of cows but billy's he's not fond of cows because really? yeah because you know when you walk in with food mm-hmm. and they all like run towards you like i mean it's possible you could get trampled but like i don't think they mean it Mm-mm. and then they got them super long tongues and they be trying to wrap it around you and stuff i didn't know he wasn't a fan of cows so we're going to go take our Christmas pictures of the cow. Like, he's not scared of cows, but he doesn't like to go in and, like, feed cows because they come running. Cows are, like, um, they're animals with a a schedule. And so if you feed them at the same time every day, mm-hmm. or I guess sometimes if they just hear the truck, they come a-running. Yeah. And he doesn't like when they all run like that uh-huh. because... Because they could step on you or whatever. And they're pushy. They, like, bump against you, you know. I mean, they can be aggressive. I'm just saying the cows are not... Are they going to fight? Probably no. But are they just going to stand there and wait on their turn to get eat? I can't imagine. Whatever it was would have had to chase them. Right. But how did it catch them without leaving any marks other than their heads? That's weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, they call this creature the Vampire Beast of Bladenboro or the Vampire Cat, which I think is better. The Vampire Cat. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so one more little quick little something-something from Mm -hmm. North Carolina that I just wanted to share for no reason other than I found it interesting. And it was like, there wasn't a ton of information about it, but just like this little blurb. But it was super interesting to me. In 1884, a lady's in her house. She hears it raining. Wasn't expecting rain. She goes out to enjoy the shower and realizes that something is wrong. It is not rain. It's rain, but it's not water. It's blood. What? It's raining blood. What? She, like, tells everybody. She catches samples of it. It's in the mud puddles and such. Um, a chemist from the University of North Carolina comes and he collects samples and takes it back to the lab and tests it. It was pure blood. What? But he could not explain how or why it happened. It's because we're living in a snow globe and they cut their finger. Maybe. My question was, and I did not see it anywhere, was it human blood or animal blood? Good question but that would have been interesting to hear yeah but i've not i did not see that anywhere and um did you dig for it i looked a little bit i didn't dig dig because i had a bunch more stories at this point that i needed to get through yeah and i had already done two on them so i didn't it's just something i came across and i was like what how strange i know and so I looked, but I didn't, like, dig, dig. But I, that would be interesting to know if it was human or animal. I know that certain places have had these rain showers where, um, like, I know that 
it rained fish in Alabama one time. Um, in in Washington, Georgia, yeah, back in the day, it rained this um, thin fiber. What? And uh, like angel hair, like a thin fiber, like I don't know, like fiberglass or something. What? And um, and they collected samples of it, but I never heard what it was. How strange! So that was back in the day. It's hard to find though. It's hard to find that story. And, I mean, I know that it's rained, like, birds and stuff. And the fish, even, you could explain, because a water spout sucks up the fish, and then it gets over the land, and it, I mean, it just goes for a while. Sometimes they get sucked up into the clouds, and then, you know, it goes, and it becomes a tornado and drops the fish, or I guess the cloud gets heavy and drops the fish. My question is, are the fish frozen when they drop down? Because could you imagine it knocked out? Oh. A frozen fish? <laughs> like a frozen fish. Like you're bebopping out to your car and all of a sudden, katow in the back of the head. And you're laid out and there's a oh, fish next to you. Can you imagine the smell? Oh my God. <laughs> so, I don't know, but that one was weird. I heard of... But it was on a ghost show, and now I can't remember where it was. But I heard of this jelly-like substance that mm-hmm. rained down one time. Mm-hmm. And then when the people touched it, they got really sick. Mm-hmm. And um, they tested it, and then whoever got sent out to test it, I think they said it was like the the stuff from an airplane, like the laboratory stuff from the airplane. Oh. And that's why they got sick, but... Um, like it was clear jelly. There wasn't like poop in it or anything. So, yeah. And so people questioned if that was true, what they were told. Because people be questioning the government. So, <laughs> it's just a thing. In any case, we're back to Florida. Notice I replaced it with, in any case, we are in Florida now. Yay! Yay! Florida! The north of the south. <laughs> I always say Florida is not a southern state. But there's some, um, there's some country people in Florida, though. Yeah. It's like how Atlanta's not southern, but it's in Georgia. Yeah. But it's not a southern place. Like, if you go to Atlanta, that's not Georgia. That's like, I don't know. Maybe Chicago or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not Georgia. It's not what you think of or see in the rest of Georgia. So I think Florida's like got a lot of that in the cities. But um I know he's just barking up a storm. But there are definitely like country people in Florida, so but I always say that, but I probably shouldn't. I mean, it's true. Yeah, it is true. Okay. In Hardy County, cucumber capital of the world, by the way. What? Not me. There is a place called Bloody Bucket Bridge. What? Where is this? In Hardy County? No, like where is Hardy County? I can't remember. Okay, I guess I'll Google it. Yeah, Google it because I cannot remember I knew, but now there's so much happening, I just cannot remember. And Bloody Bucket Bridge, 
real fun to say fast three times. Bloody Booker Beach. It's hard. <laughs> While you're Googling, the story goes that an ex-slave moved to Georgia and be- Florida, sorry. I said Georgia, but I meant Florida. It's central Florida, near Fort Myers, past Tampa. Yeah, okay. Cumberland or something, right? No. St. Peter's. I might be thinking Cumberland because it's, like it's cucumber capital of the world. Yeah, I think so. Of the whole world? That feels like a lot of cucumbers. Yeah, it does. Okay. Back to the story, please. It's hard to be spooky if you keep dragging me out of the story. I did not do it. I just asked where that was before we ever started. Okay, well, we're starting now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. The story goes that an ex-slave moved to Florida and began working as a midwife. She delivered hundreds of babies, but she started to believe that many of these women already had too many kids and didn't need any more. So, she took it upon herself to help. Her idea of helping, though, was to smother these fresh babies and tell the mom that they were stillborn. Oh, my God. She would then take the babies' bodies and bury them near the creek. What a monster. So, it wasn't long before people started to notice that a large number of her births that she helped with had stillborns. I mean, small community, it's not that hard to put two yeah. and two together. At very least, she's cursed, right? Because, you know, if you're like, I know three people that just had babies with her and all three of their babies died, then you're probably like, mm, let me call Sally Sue over here and see if yeah. she's available because I ain't doing that. So people stopped using her, rightfully so. She felt like people were shunning her, and they may have been. They didn't necessarily believe she was killing the babies, but at very least, they felt like something was off as far as she was concerned. So they could have been shunning her, I don't know, but she started to believe they were, and it started to make her go a little crazy. Or maybe she was crazy because she was killing babies. She was already crazy. Yeah, so it started to maybe make her go a little bit crazier. In any case, she began hearing babies crying all the time. Good. And she's haunted. All she could hear was babies crying. And it started to make her go more like super crazy, I guess. Good. So she could not no matter what she did she could not get the sound of babies crying out of her mind good and i hope she never did so she went to the bridge because she hoped that the water in the river might drown out some of the crying and she sat down on the bridge and near her on the bridge was a bucket she glanced over and realized that the bucket was filled with blood So, she grabbed it and she dumped it into the river below. Why? But then it filled back up. So, for hours, she would dump these buckets of blood into the river 
and then set the bucket down for it to fill back up with blood and then she would dump it it was a vicious cycle for hours this is is all she did you'd think that she just leave the bucket upside down <laughs> she didn't <laughs> but there you go you're a genius could have solved her problem yeah i feel like this is a better that she just continuously dumped this bucket of blood i feel like that's a better situation for her to be in yeah i agree her husband finally found her and she was sent away for treatment some say to this day if you go to the river on the night of a full moon the water it looks like blood it looks bloody and there were witness, um, like, there were stories of people actually going. Like, this girl yeah. said her father told her the story, and she didn't believe it. And then they went, and she was like, it really does look like blood. And then she got creeped out, and then the father was like, it was some kind of um, mineral coming out of the trees. But she was like, the entire river looked like it was just blood. And so she was like, she wasn't buying the father's story about the minerals because she's like, why isn't it there all the time? Yeah. Why, <laughs> why is it just her? during the full moon? So, but there were a lot of stories about this water looking bloody during a full moon. So I don't know what that's about, but it was interesting. I don't know why people who don't like babies or kids get in professions with babies and kids. I don't know. And I don't know that she strictly didn't like them. It, it could have been just devil's advocate that she honestly thought she was helping. I mean, farming communities and stuff, sometimes they'd have like 10 kids. They couldn't feed them all. The kids were dying. And she may honestly have felt like it was more humane to end their suffering then than to let them starve to death or freeze to death or whatever the case may be. I mean, get beat to death. I don't know. I mean, just devil's advocate. She may have honestly believed she was helping. I just, I mean, it's wrong and it's not a choice that she should have made for anyone. Yeah. But I think if she was just like a little crazy... It probably wasn't that hard to convince herself that she was doing the right thing. It's like an angel of mercy. You know, they work in the hospital. They're supposed to be helping people. And then they're over there just, like, killing people off. And you're like, you know, this lady had, like, she could have lived five more years. Yeah, I don't know why these people are taking it upon themselves. Like, right. why be a doctor if you just want to kill people? Right, but I don't think that that's what they set out. I think that they're, like, mentally off, and then they somehow convince themselves that the end this person is going to go through, that they're doing this person a service by stopping them from going through that. You know, like, if they're going to yeah, die of yeah. cancer, even if it's five years down the road, that end is so terrible that they feel like if I just put them to sleep right now, that's yeah. good. I'm I'm doing a good thing. Like, I don't know that in that case, those people are like just setting out to hurt people. I think they honestly believe they're helping. Mm -hmm. You know, they're wrong. Yeah. But I, I think that's 
a form of mental illness where they feel like they're actually helping. And I think she may have had that because that, and then she went crazy, like with the babies crying and all. So I think maybe she started to realize that what she had done was wrong and it just mm -hmm. escalated into her going like super crazy. Also, interestingly, you know, like, these stories usually end where, like, she ran off into the woods and they never saw her again. Or yeah. Or she killed ten people and she's buried here. But they just said she was sent away from for treatment and never really said what happened. Hmm. So. I've oh, got, she's still there hearing babies cry. Um, I'm pretty sure she would be dead. She was an ex-slave, so chances of her still being alive. You know, and that's another thing with her mental health. Like, who knows what she went through with that. So, yeah. you know, she may have already had damage done, and then it just got worse and worse. I don't know. Mental health is a thing that's, it's a puzzle, so you never really can tell. It's hard not to be mad at somebody like that, but also, you know, I think some of them just really cannot help it. Moving on, I have another one from Florida. And this one is more on par with the Florida we know and love. <laughs> In Casadega, Florida, psychic capital of the world. Wow. Fun fact. You won't know this, but other people will. Supernatural did an episode about a town full of psychics. And that town was called Lilydale. And Lilydale is in Casadega, New York. In real life, a handful of psychics from Lilydale, New York, founded Casadega, Florida over 100 years ago. So, both towns look very similar, and they are both full of psychics, but the one in Florida is the psychic capital of the world. Okay, going back to the supernatural thing. Go ahead. We did get past the first season, finally. Finally. And it is starting to get better. Starting to get better. Have you gotten to the one where they, uh, where, where Dean is scared of everything? No. Okay, you have to get past that one, and if you can get past that one and not say it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, <laughs> there's something just wrong with you. Okay. Because it's the funniest thing ever. Anyway, back to the story. What had happened was, in Casadega, there's a small cemetery. In this cemetery is a brick chair. Some say that it was built by the devil himself. Now, I have a theory that it's actually just like a super uncomfortable chair and that's something Southerners say sometimes. Yeah. Like, this is the devil's chair because it sucks. Like, it's super uncomfortable and nobody would have built that on purpose. Yeah. Except for the devil to torture people. So, my theory is that that's why it's called the devil's chair. But... Some people say the devil himself built this chair. And supposedly he comes at midnight every night to sit in it and relax. So here he is kicked back in his little special chair. Mm -hmm. 
just taking in the sights and sounds in the capital of psychic capital of the world. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the devil's got going on. Seem like this day and age he'd be pretty busy, but uh, I don't mean to tell him his business. I'm just saying. Hey, everybody's got to have a lunch break. I reckon. So, the chair is known as the devil's chair, obviously. <laughs> now, if you sit in the devil's chair, story goes that he'll whisper an idea in your ear and you'll be haunted by the experience for the rest of your life. And I don't know what kind of idea because nobody said. I guess they're too haunted to say what the idea was. But I'm over here like, it's probably like, cut your own bags. <laughs> like super bad ideas. Yeah. Like, get drunk and call that girl. Yeah. <laughs> Go check out that noise in the basement. <laughs> I mean, you hear that howling in the woods, that baby crying? Go find it. Like, I don't imagine he's whispering good ideas in your oh, no. ear. He's the devil. So I think it's got to be like super bad ideas. Right. But I don't know why you would want him to give you an idea. That don't make to sense. see if either. it's true. And then are you haunted because you did it? Like, are you like, oh my God, that time I cut my bangs up to the scalp. Right. <laughs> All these pictures of me. I was in the newspaper, and that's how you're haunted? Or is it like, it was really creepy that time the devil whispered in my ear and was like, cut your own face. Yeah, I feel like I'd get over it. What if, what if something happened and, like, you were interviewed for the newspaper and it's there for everybody, and then you became a meme? And everybody's like, the bang girl. <laughs> and then that's who you are for the rest of your life. I guess. I mean, there are ways to be haunted by stuff that's not, like, spooky. Like, I'm sure, you know that little girl that's got the look on her face? Like, yeah. Like, I think she was going to Disney or something in real life, but she's probably haunted by making that face. Like, she's like, I wish I would not made that face. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Now... I don't know if you want an idea from the devil, but if you do, go sit in the chair. Let us know how it goes. Yes, please. If you can come up with your own bad ideas and you don't need any from the devil, though, here's another route you can take to interact with him. Leave an unopened beer on the seat, and when you come back in the morning, it will be empty, but still unopened. Wow. So, at first, I was picturing, like, some homeless dude, like, yeah, somebody left me another beer. <laughs> and he's, like, going in there drinking cemetery beer. Why has it got to be a beer? Yeah, why can't it be, like, a soda? I don't know. But, uh, Maybe anyway. give him a water bottle. Yeah, what will happen? I don't know. But, anyway, so, maybe. So. So, like, I don't know, like, maybe this guy's out, like, the homeless guy's out here just messing with people, and he's, like, poking a hole in the can and sucking the beer out. Oh, I was imagining a glass bottle. Oh, I ain't, I ain't picture a bottle. I pictured a can. 
I'm curious how you get the beer out. I guess because the devil's hand is super hot. Or he sits on it and then it's super hot. Between his little butt cheeks, it's hot. And it evaporates all the beer out. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's, that's a Jeez, your dogs. I know. They were super riled up today. I don't know why. We got 15 minutes. I'm going to tell y'all a ghost story. Because I don't want to, uh, because I got two states I want to do together. And I don't want to mess with them. So, I guess I got to tell the stories quick next time because I got like five stories. Yeah. Still. We ain't getting through but two an episode. That ain't good. In any case, I'm about to tell y'all a ghost story what had happened was. Back in the woods around the house where I grew up is an old stagecoach house where the stagecoach would legit come and pick people up like the station. Mm -hmm. And the house that I grew up in was back in the day, they would design some of the houses on the stagecoach routes where they would have a door to the outside on some of the rooms so that house had two rooms that locked from inside the house. Mm-hmm. So you could lock, and and then they had doors to the outside. So if somebody came from the outside, you could lock them in that room, but they could go out right. the outside door. I don't, I know you know, but I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. It makes sense. To everybody. So basically, when somebody would get off the stagecoach, it would be the middle of the night or whatever, or you just didn't want to interact with them. They would come up to the house and they would be able to just go into the room mm-hmm. and sleep, and then they would just leave money and then leave. And so it they it treated it like a hotel. Right. So, then you would go in, unlock the door from the inside. That's why, you know how on the internet people are always like, oh, there's a lock on the outside of that door, and they get all, like, creeped out. Like, it's not always something nefarious. Sometimes it's just an old house, people. In any case, so, the house I grew up in actually was a stop for the stagecoach. It's raining again. And so, it has two rooms like that. Yeah. And there were other houses in the area that were built the same way. And then there used to be like a store. The whole town used to hinge on the stagecoach. So there is a story about the town that there, it's named Stellaville. And there was a woman named Stella. And she was in a relationship with an abusive man. And... She met another man, a good man, and they were going to run away together. They had this plan, they're going to run away. And so, they get to the stagecoach house, and they're going to catch the stagecoach out of town Mm -hmm. and just leave her life. And her husband found out, and he showed up at the stagecoach house, and he shot Stella. And then him and the boyfriend shot each other. All three of them died in the stagecoach house. Right. That's the story. So, back, you were very small. You couldn't have been probably maybe three or four. We probably could do the math on it because it was Adam's senior year of high school, I think. So, we probably could do the math, but I don't feel like it. So, um, 
he came up with this idea that he was going to hold this big uh, haunted house thing at the Stagecoach House. Invited his whole senior class and all of this. Talk well, a little louder over the rain. It is raining hard. Jeez, please. I don't know if there is talking over the rain. Okay, so I don't know if y'all can hear it, but it was like monsooning out yonder. Anyway, so he decides he's going to hold this haunted house at the Stagecoach House, invites his whole senior class and all of this. They worked on it all day. They were setting up these pranks they were going to pull and all of this. Well, earlier that day, him and his friend, now my brother's tough, and him, him and his friend, they're football players, they're big dudes. They go into the woods, they're setting this stuff up, and they legitimately come running out of the woods holding hands. <laughs> and, and they're like on the verge of tears and they're like we're not going back and my father is like what happened they said that they heard footsteps going like walking around the house while they were inside and they went outside thinking it was somebody else there and they could hear the footsteps even though the ground is, is just dirt they could hear the footsteps and they were standing there and there was one side of the fireplace and the whole side of that on the back of the fireplace is tin. Yeah. And they heard the footsteps walk up to that part and then walk up the tin and then across the roof. And they lost it. They left. And my father was like, no, you've got the whole senior class coming tonight. And, um, now mind you, this is rural South. This senior class was like 30 kids. So, you know, we're not talking like 400 kids or whatever's in normal yeah. <laughs> senior class. It's like 30 kids. But he's like, you've got the whole class coming. You have got to go out there and do what you said you were going to do. And so, um, he's like, they're like, well, we're not going back until everybody gets here. And so they just figure they're going to half-ass it or whatever because they done setting up all the pranks they're going to set. So time comes and everybody goes back there and I take my young younger brother, Mark, and he was, he was little. He's probably too little to be there, but like I knew what was going to happen, I thought. And so I was like, it's not a major deal. So we go, we get in the room, you know, everybody's crowded around. They get in there, they got candles lit and everything. They go through the whole seance thing, like Stella, give us a sign. And um, the flames are flickering on all these candles. Everybody's like huddled around. They're like, Stella, can you hear us? Well, in the roof, because this is a super old place, there is a gap of about 10 foot Yeah, where there are no boards. So if you're on one side of the roof, you cannot get to the other side of the roof. Right. So all of a sudden, like a brick falls or something, and it falls where nobody is or whatever, and so everybody looks that direction and... uh. And everybody's looking up, and all of a sudden, and I saw it. It was a hand came out of the roof and dropped a, a light bulb. Yeah. Well, when that happens, this girl yells, I know who she is, but I ain't gonna name her. She yells out, I saw your hand. <laughs> 
And when she does, it was like shit went crazy. Like stuff started falling. Well, there was a boy in the roof dropping. He dropped the brick. But he was on the other side. He couldn't even get to the side where the light bulb come from. And he knew he had not been over there and nobody could have seen his hand because he had not stuck his hand out. So he panics and he jumps out of the roof. And I swear to you, anybody that was there that night will tell you, it was like the entire house was coming down. Boards were falling, bricks were falling, people were running and screaming. I grabbed Mark up and we went out. There was a side that was missing a wall and um, Alan's brother was out there and he was like, throw him to me. And so I threw Mark to him and then I left because, I mean, it was like the whole house was coming down. Now me, I'm thinking there's too many people in this house and it's old. And so it's just collapsing in. So everybody ruins. Everybody gets out there. And then everybody's like, no, we we are done with this. And so we walk. And you got to walk like half a mile into the woods to get to the place. And you couldn't drive in. There was a point where you had to stop. And so we walked towards the cars. And the plan was, I knew, but nobody else knew, that the plan was for my father to be out there hiding and he was gonna shoot his shotgun in the air and be like get off my property and scare everybody and they were gonna run and then my ex was gonna be out there with a chainsaw and he was gonna crank up the chainsaw and scare everybody on the driveway but we come out and they're not doing any of this we get halfway down the driveway my father meets us and uh he's like I'm thinking what happened. They're up there towards the cars. <laughs> I'm like, what on earth? And uh, he's like, what is going on? And so we were like, you know, like, I think the house is falling. Like, everything was falling. It was like mass chaos. And so he's like, um, he says, well, did y'all get the candles? And we're like, no. And he says, well, you got to go back and get the candles because you're going to burn down the whole woods and everything. And so, a couple of us were like, we'll go back and get the candles. And we walked back to get the candles, and I swear to you, there was not one thing out of place. There was no glass, there was no boards, there were no bricks, even the brick the boy dropped. None of it was there. In all that chaos, not one candle got knocked over. Nothing. So, we get these candles, we start blowing them out, we got our flashlights, we are trucking back up there. Well, when we get about halfway there, my father and my ex come running up. And they're like, what is wrong? And we're like, what do you mean? They said all they could hear was us screaming for help. What? And we never made a a noise. We were like, get in, get out, go. So um, we go back and, you know, we just, this is it. This is the end. Everybody goes their separate ways. Well, my father said he did get out there in the bushes and he got in a patch of briars that only have one section to go in. And he was laying down in the briars and then he was going to hop out when somebody came out. But he could hear footprints start circling him. And he started shining his light trying to see. And then he realized that nobody could be circling him because they'd be walking through the briars. Yeah. And so he got up. 
and went down the driveway, he was like, enough of this. Well, when he got down the driveway, my ex is at the car, and he's like, what are you doing? And he said, when you walked off down the driveway, I heard footprints, footsteps following you mm -hmm. down the driveway. He said, and then after a while, I heard them come back, and they started circling me, and I couldn't see nobody, so I went on to the car. And my brother did not go back for years. He was like, I will not go back for anything. <laughs> so, oh, man, we are out of time. All I right. Stop it and start a new one. And we can say bye quick. Okay. All right. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I hate it. I had to cut it off so quick. But it is super creepy. Anyway. Yeah. I can't wait to hear some more of them. Stories. I love those stories. I'm so I glad I got that on um, tape now. Yes, so, so you can share, yeah. share it with your great grandkids. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we got to close. So thank y'all for listening. Visit us on our social media. And this time we're going to share it with someone who believes in ghosts. Oh, bye. bye.